Today's episode of Setting the Edge is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash setting edge. That's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash setting edge. I'm popping bottles tonight. Come do for a fight if you're ready. I'm popping bottles, baby. I'm popping bottles, baby. Mm. I'm popping bottles tonight. Yeah. yeah. We're on episode 39 of the Setting the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosquito. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. At J-U-M-O-S-Q. Sorry. Got put on the spot. I didn't know I didn't realize I was doing the intro this week. I'm here with Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Four Verts and our father, Bo Jackson. Uh, Eric Stoner. Say what's up to people, Bo. What's happening, everybody? How you doing, father? Like actual father? Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm in the the thick of it with dad life, with infant life, um, getting shit on and thrown up on and peed on every day. But it's <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's the best thing in the world. I know you guys have seen kids of my uh, of my new baby, and I it, it honestly is like the best thing in the world. Oh, so All right, let's transition right into gambling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very smooth transition. The, this is the holistic podcast. You get baby takes and gambling takes all wrapped into one. But Justice, Justice, you've looked a lot at these gambling numbers. Uh, I don't think Eric and I have you know, run the numbers as much as you have, but what are some of the bets for the 2017 season that you are really looking forward to cashing in on? Uh, so we were talking about this before Buffalo was like the one that I really wanted to get on. Cause that, that team last year was a bit underrated. They probably should have won nine games last year. Um, I think they got better. Uh, that transition to a four, three defense was going to be better. Uh, the over under the win total was set on at six point, uh, six games. And I was just going to smash, smash the over. And then uh, they decided to tank just full, full blown, just like we're trading Sammy Watkins, our only receiver, and we're trading Ronald Darby, our only DB. So that's probably the biggest disappointment. Um, but as far as the other things, I think Oakland under 10, that's probably one of my favorites. Um, o- Oakland probably last year, they probably should have been about a eight and a half win team. Um, they got very inflated because they had the luckiest streak of uh, close game wins. Uh, over the past since at least 2006 like by far they have been the luckiest team uh, in the last decade um, and people are projecting them to win 10 games this year uh, so they're basically betting on a game and a half of improvement and I'm not sure I see that from this Oakland team especially in the AFC West I think San, Di- San Diego Los Angeles is going to get right um, I don't know I, j- I just can't really see Oakland getting that high and people forget that like just like Derek Carr had a good year this past year but the year before when they were still running an even more dink and duck style offense like Derek Carr probably left a thousand yards uh on the on the field relative to what an average quarterback would have done yeah and I think if you watched that Oakland Rams preseason game from this past weekend you saw that they have no defense they have no de- it's really just Cleo Mack and <laughs> 10 other dudes out there I mean like Todd Gurley and Jared Goff who were Essentially, both dead last year. We're just slicing those guys. Dude, off. Jared Goff looks like Kurt Warner. Yeah, I could not believe what I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm out on Oakland too this year. I don't think that they're. I mean, I thought that what they did last year, like the step that they the step that they took, were incredible. But like Justice said, they won a lot of close, fluky games. Um, they were like eight. They were eight one as, single score yeah, games. 
I'm not as much on the Derek Carr bandwagon as everybody else either. I'm like, I don't know, man. I I watched that Rams preseason game too, and they're. I'll, I'll say this: that they're very lucky that they have like the best interior offensive line in the league because I mean that was his weakness when he was in college. Like he did not deal well. I mean, most quarterbacks don't deal well with interior pressure, but any kind of mess or constricted pocket, and he just kind of falls apart. And you actually you, like. He's had some really, really bad. I mean, I know it's just a preseason game, um, but I don't know. I, I just see it kind of. I I see it kind of difficult to see them repeat the success that they had last year. So who who rises in the AFC West then if the Raiders are falling? I mean, Justice is in on the Chargers. Chargers, baby, three seed. I don't know, man. I can't buy into that, dude. Dude, you were texting me literally like three weeks ago talking about. I, I'm w- I, don't tell Chuck, but I'm with you on the Chargers, and then you had a kid, and your whole life changed. Yeah, don't 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 walk You got some clarity in his yeah, life. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I was just gonna say, but trust me, I lost I lost a lot of money betting on the Chargers last year because they were not as bad as their record says. I'm right there with you. They were in a lot of games, but um, the team just manages annually. Like you got to remember too, I've had I the first NFL game I ever went to was a Charger game. I had Charger season tickets. In 06, from 06 and 07, like the peak of the LT, um, Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates era, like when they were the shit. That, that, the Chargers just as a franchise don't, you can't count on them for anything except for being very injured and bad um, down the stretch of games. So I know your little formula tells you to bet, to go ahead and, and bet the over. Well, you, it is only seven and a half. It's though. seven and a half, and they've been the unluckiest team. They have the unluckiest, unluckiest two-year streak of any team in the past decade. Is the past? So two I'm not years. okay. I'll say I'm not with you on them as the fucking three seed or even as the division winner. <laughs> but I think that they can definitely and, beat NFC champion. Half. Who's to say? Or AFC champion? Who's to say? Let's re- let's All calm right, down. Settle down. Settle down. Seven and a half, though. Yeah, I I actually like that. Yeah, I didn't realize it was only a seven and a half. I, I think I would take the over on that, but three seed, get out of here. I don't even think they're the best team in there. I no, still, that's I, just, what, what? Okay, who's going to compete with them for the three seed? Is it going to be Tennessee? Kansas City? Yes. Tennessee. Is Kansas City making the playoffs? What is Kansas City good at? Kansas City's they, better than one, What is one thing that Kansas City's good at? They can't run the ball. They're not good at passing the ball. They're not good at stopping the run, and they're not good at good at in pass defense. I think, I think when you swap out— They're a stable organization. Yeah, and I think when you Charger swap out, not. you swap out going through a quarterback transition. They're not this year, though. I mean, they, they have they have no intention to start Mahomes at any point this year because they still have Alex Smith for all that money. But I I, I think like when you, you swap out Don Terry Poe for Benny Logan and Roy Miller, that's an improvement right there on the defensive line. Uh, you're gonna get Tyreek Hill taking number one receiver snaps. Still got Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I still like the offense. I think that. With the fall, I don't uh, think their offense is bad. I don't think it's bad either, and I I, I like what they've done on the defensive line this offseason. Uh, I mean, you, you got guys like Tano Capasano, who's going to be like your third defensive end. That's fine. The He's defense, the defense is going to be fine. I, I I think that they're better than Oakland and uh, better than Denver for sure. So like, yeah, if, I, if, I still think that Kansas City's pretty clearly the best team in this division. Yeah, I don't. I just don't trust the Chargers at all. I don't trust Philip Rivers no. at this point. I have Kansas City in the wild card hunt, but no, I don't have them. I don't have. I think I have Kansas City winning like seven and a half, which I think is like right around. Yeah, seven and a half is what I have for for them, which is like tied tied with Oakland ahead of Denver. 
Okay, so do we like the Denver under then? It's at eight and a half, but minus one fifty-five. Sure. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. Um, defensively, I mean, Charles and I have talked about this, and it seems like people are picking up steam on Twitter that like John Elway actually drafts horribly, and that defense went yes. from that team in 2015 went from a, a legendary defense, right? To 2016 having a legendary pass defense and now this year with three of their or what yeah three of their top four pass rushers from last season hurt or uh, or retired at this point they have good defensive backs like the idea that they still have a great defense is they, they have like the they basically have new like new york the new york giants back end without new york giants front seven yeah, yeah I, you know what it's not it, go ahead jack i was gonna say i, I do think that they're like they did get a little bit better adding Peko and Zach Kerr because uh, Sylvester Williams, like he just can't play. He's not. I don't think he's an NFL caliber player. Some for some reason the time aren't they trying to play him at nose too? Yeah, they did <laughs> play him at nose because what, when they had that really good defense in 2015, they had Derek Wolf and Malik Jackson outside, and then they had uh, Sylvester Williams inside. So when you have those two guys, you don't really have to do that much. But when yeah. Malik Jackson leaves for Jacksonville, he just got exposed last year and, and trampled repeatedly. So I, I think that's like a big reason why you saw that run defense fall off. But Peko, Demata Peko, and Zach Kerr—they've been solid so far this preseason. But they've like Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett are hurt. Demarcus Ware retired, and you know, Von Miller is obviously a freak. But Bro, like Kazim Metabolic is about to start like the first month of the year. Who? Kazim Metabolic is like about to start like the first month of the year, opposite of Von Miller. Oh, is that the guy from the Saints? Yeah, the yeah. guy who couldn't start over Paul Kruger. Yeah, that's right. Who was cut last year uh, by by the Cleveland Browns and immediately became starter for the Saints because the Saints' pass rush is that bad. Gross. Um, do we think Paxton Lynch plays it all this year? Have you watched him at all this preseason? No, I haven't. But I've heard I've heard how bad he's been. He, no, he's dead. He's dead. He's he's he can't play. Like right. whatever you if you whatever you saw from Golf last year in the regular season, it's it's worse than that. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, where where are you on the Panthers? Because their win total is at 8.5, and I think that they can make a push like for 10 wins this year. I, I really like that team. Not knowing their schedule off the top of my head, um, it's kind of hard to say, but they've always been uh, – I think Justice, even since as long as you've been keeping track of close games and everything, they've been a very, very streaky team in terms of the close, like, uh, in terms of close games wins. Like, in the in the early Rivera era, they lost a bunch, and then they went, like, on a streak, especially during their Super Bowl run. Yeah. I remember the first half of that season, it was Because cl- everybody remembers, like, how they capped the season, ending... Did we lose Eric? I think we lost him. Is he dead? Oh, his face is frozen on the screen. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was my internet that went out, but apparently Los Angeles doesn't have great internet. Uh, Carolina Panthers. He's totally right. Uh, Ron Rivera, like a lot of a lot of the stuff early on in Ron Rivera's career, wasn't him actually losing a bunch of games. People forget he was on the hot seat. Remember that? Like yeah. he was on the legitimate hot seat uh, for a while. Um, he he lost a lot of close games early on, and then Riverboat Ron happened, and he got hot a little bit, right? Uh, last year, they pretty much played to their averages. I mean, they won four games by multiple by multiple scores. They lost four games by multiple scores. Um, it, it's not too surprising, right? I mean, the eight and a half 
Uh, if you're like, if you think a Cam Newton improvement from whatever he was last year, right? Whatever you thought of what his production was last year, which is a variation of bad, right? Yeah. We can all agree that last year wasn't great for him. Um, to an improvement of even if he's just average, is worth eight, uh, half a win. That that's probably worth it. You yeah. know what I mean, I don't, I don't see any way that Cam Newton doesn't vastly improve on you know fifty two percent completion percentage. I mean, come on, like. That's that's gonna go way up. Just by, I just by, think that by nature. I just think that 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 pass rush is gonna decline. I think that defense has a potential to age rapidly. Honestly, it's like um, this, it's the same thing as last year. But you got a year two of Bradbury. Yeah, but at some point that that ticket is gonna cash in. You don't like Bradbury and Worley because Bradbury was a beast last year and he's been. Bradbury, yeah, Bradbury was actually good. I know. I got on Bradbury a little bit, and people were like, yo, he actually did well last year. And then I went back and watched a couple games. He's actually he's, nice. He's, he's actually nice. He's he's not just, like, someone hyping up a rookie. Um, he's actually decent. But I don't know. Like, they're they're very okay. And they – I thought we were on the pay, on the same page with this one. Where we were like, they're going to miss the playoffs, but they're going to be, like, right around 500. No, I've been saying that they can be a 10-win team because I think people are underrating that offensive line. Uh, and with, like, the – They don't have tackles. They had, they do have one. They have Taylor Moten. So you got three. Is he starting yet? He's going to uh, at some point. I, I, <laughs> they, at some point, he, he's yeah. better. Than, I think what we've seen this preseason is he's he's clearly better than Daryl Williams. You already have that interior trio. They've been balling this preseason. Uh, I, I think the offensive line is is solid. If you can avoid the complete injury decimation that they had last year, and then you add in a healthy Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, like that offense is going to correct itself just by having his players on the field and I, I still think the defense is solid you still got that interior uh trio at Quan Short Vernon Butler Starlo Tulele you still got Luke Keekley Thomas Davis is still playing well and then I I like Bradbury a lot in uh their other corner Daryl Worley I, I think he's a solid player too but let's pause this real quick and get Eric back in here All right, we got Eric back. So we're going to jump straight from the Panthers to the AFC North, and we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, who have you – know, they kind of decimated their own offensive line. On who have who, – who, who, what do they have? I don't like, know. Let's be, they they have a secondary. Green. Yeah. But, they have uh, John Ross, who's going to get pressed every play. They're probably the greatest epitome of why a strategy of just draft and replace is – like if you are really good at hitting your picks consistently every year, you can kind of have like success for a little bit like they did. But I mean, after a while, like that's the thing is their offensive line. It's not like they weren't prepared for this. They've spent plenty of capital there. It's just the guys that they pick suck. Yeah. They, yeah. They, and like they, the they thing let, is, they let Andrew ahead. Whitworth and uh, Kevin Zeitler walk. And I mean, I, I've, I've talked and thought about this a lot. Like that Zeitler, Letting Zeitler walk to the Browns is just unforgivable. I mean, I mean, get Andrew Whitworth just because he's he's old as hell. But you draft Zeitler in the first round, he becomes exactly what you want him to be—like a Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber guard—and you just let him walk to a division rival. Like, I, I I don't understand that thought process there at all. And being cheap like that for no reason, really, when you have like you have cap room, I I just don't even understand it. Like, I, 
they're stupid. Well, the the issue with the Bengals is when they they lose guys, they don't just lose guys, they hemorrhage guys. So like when they lost, they lost those offensive linemen. They're they're by far the the most most money left Cincinnati last year in free agency on the offensive line than any than any of the other thirty two teams. Um, when they they drafted they drafted John Ross because they don't have any receivers because they left Marvin Jones and uh. Crap, who was the other receiver? I can't remember. But they were the two highest paid receivers. Sanu. In it's Mohamed Sanu. Uh, two years ago, they were the highest paid uh, free uh, receivers in free agency. Like when, when It's not that they're just losing guys. It's they're hemorrhaging guys. Like They're literally becoming like the first and second highest paid players at their position on the free agency market. And I don't know. You, you, you can sustain with draft and develop, but you can't sustain hemorrhaging like that. And it's not like they're really well, being you like, gotta re- you got to retain some guys. Right. But like they just what, don't, what they do just they don't want to pay the money. What what plus players do they have right now? If you want to call, call Andy Dalton that for what his value is relative to like not being Brock Osweiler, I'll give that to you. They have AJ Green, right? They have Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, um, Geno Atkins, and defensive backs. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. That's all their their plus players, and like Geno Atkins has been needing a nose tackle next to him uh, for a decade. And they, they brought in Pat, Pat Sims to compete with Andrew Billings, who was a fourth-round pick last season. Uh, at defensive end, they've needed a pass rusher opposite of Carlos Dunlap. And it doesn't seem like they really have a guy. Like, Carl, Carl Lawson got hyped up from, like, OTA Twitter, right? But he hasn't really yeah. done anything this preseason. Yeah, and they're, they're over under. It's set at, what, eight and a half right now. Um, I don't know. It just kind of feels like, too, that – Marvin's been there for so long, and they haven't really had a true bottoming out other than the year when they uh, when they picked high enough to take A.J. Green. It just kind of feels that, like, it just seems like this one of those situations where it's been the same voice for too long. Um, everybody, like, just keep running it back with the same crew over and over and over, and then things just kind of start falling on deaf ears, and everybody's checked out by, like, week three. Well, the thing about the, thing about the Bengals, too, right? Is when they've been good, they've had future NFL uh, head coaches as their coordinators that they brought sure. in from the outside, right? Like it's it's always it's all it's always guys that they brought in from the outside who are like there to build a resume to be a head coach, right? Um, the guys that they have there now is an offensive coordinator who's been there since 2003 and a defensive coordinator who's been there since 2005. So these are literally guys that have been passed over when offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator jobs have opened up in Cincinnati several times. So I, I don't know. Like Marvin Lewis isn't really – like if, if you're trying to find a trait for Marvin Lewis as a head coach, it's that he delegates to his coordinators. Well, his coordinators are now guys that he has developed and uh, not, a good, not a good situation to be in. Nope. Yeah, I'm, and the, the drop off from you know Andrew Withworth and Kevin Zeitler to Cedric O'Bleary and Jake Fisher, like that is a huge, huge, huge. drop off. The you you went from legitimately good players to horrendous players, and all you really need to do is just go watch that uh, the Monday night game against the Giants last year, and uh, I think O'Bleary and Fisher are both starting, and they just got annihilated up front. Um, it, it's going to be bad. I think Andy Dalton might need to take out a life insurance policy before the season starts. Like, I don't know what this, you do here. Oh, I'm, I, I think I, Cincinnati under Cincinnati under eight and a half. I think is uh, that feels pretty good to me. I think I just feel like honestly, like what we saw with the Rams last year, where they're just like we're just going to rub blitz the hell out of you and we're going to play press man. 
Like that's exactly what's good. What's Cincinnati's answer for that? They they like a bubble screen to John Ross, but if you're pressed up, it doesn't matter. Like you're gonna have to like use fly sweeps, things of that nature. Like that's that's what I'm saying. The way this offense is constructed right now, I can't figure out how John Ross. Like I understand John Ross and Joe Mixon are exciting football players, but I don't understand how they can function behind. If you have a bad offensive line, I don't know how you get the deep ball going, and I don't know how you run the ball. So, good luck making the most out of this. Yeah, this picks. offense is going to be a bunch of Giovanni Bernard dump offs this year. And Joe Mixon. Screen game, baby. It's Joe Mixon dump offs. It's going to be gross. <laughs> Who do you think has the worst offensive line, Cincinnati or Seattle? That's a tough mm. one. <sighs> or the Giants. George Fant just died. George Fant just died. No, uh, the Giants have an interior offensive line at least. Um, yeah, they just don't have tackles. Yeah, George Fant. George Fant died. So I would probably say Seattle because I don't Seattle even know starting who's starting Joe like guard. Oh yeah, he, he might have to start left tackle because they just lost their left tackle. So oh yeah, that that might actually be a better spot for him. He can't deal with with interior. He can't. Did you see? Did you not see what Seattle said? Seattle. Someone in Seattle in the press conference said that Luke Jokel, when he was playing guard for Jacksonville last year, was their highest graded guard in the league. Who said that? Yeah, I can't remember some Seahawks student at a press conference. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that it was said. Here, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, I just don't buy that at all. But I think I do think the the Bengals they're going to be an interesting test case because you know we saw with the Cowboys a few years ago. Uh, you know, I think it was the year that Romo got hurt and they went like four and twelve. Like you can have a good offensive line and you know. It helps, but it doesn't get you to the point where you can win like eight and nine games with just an offensive line. But I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how much does a, a bad offensive line hurt you when you don't have a quarterback like Russell Wilson who can kind of make plays on his own. Andy Dalton, he's not like a statue out there, but he, he's not the most mobile guy. And when you see, you know, they're going to be playing Baltimore and, and uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland who all have, you know, at least average front sevens. That's that they're going to get pummeled up front, and I, I want to see yeah. like how many wins that that offensive line costs them. Well, and the thing is, we know about Dalton too. Um, we know with uh, the stuff that Joe Goodberry tracks, he's absolutely terrible against opponents who have like played him within the season before, or like within two seasons. Thing. Yeah, the common opponents thing. He's terrible against common opponents, and I mean, if you just watch him, if he can't do catch and throw. Like stand back and shotgun, catch it and throw the ball. The longer he has to hold the ball, the like the Cincinnati offense goes to shit. Well, at least he won't have to worry about holding the ball that long. Yeah, he's just gonna be getting hit. <laughs> Sacked in two seconds. That, that first, whenever that first Cincinnati Baltimore game is gonna be ugly because that Baltimore defense they've been lights out. The first team defense has been crazy good this. Uh, they, they've this allowed season. not even the first team defense, like everything. Like Baltimore's allowed like ten points in two games. Yeah, they're. Both. Oh, uh, that that that's the opening game, by the way. They play the Bengals on the road to open the season. Jeez, man. September tenth. Yeah, I just and then they get to go against Houston, who has Jadavion Clowney, uh, Whitney Merciless, and JJ Watt. So. And JJ Watt, he looks he looks like he's getting back to being right. Uh, if that Patriots game last week was any indication, yeah, he he dominated. Like I I was kind of on the I was kind of on the the whole bad back thing, right? Where you, that doesn't think that doesn't get better. And then I watched him last week, and he just dominated people. He's an alien. Like it, he's not normal, man. It's him and Adrian Peterson. 
it's so funny like when you when we we talk about the Watt brothers or like media does and they always talk about oh you know they're just these gritty you know old fashioned type of players no like they're two of the most like athletic players to ever step on an NFL field and I, I think like just calling them gritty is is doing yeah if you, if you honestly if you're going like gritty defensive lineman like Michael Bennett is who we think JJ Watt is basically like JJ Watt's a freak yeah. He's oh right. yeah, JJ Watt had a I, JJ Watt had a better combine than Julius Peppers and Mario Williams. He had a faster three cone than Vic Beasley did. I think he had as fast as a three cone as Revis did. <laughs> no, that can't be true. That cannot be I'm, true. I don't want to fact. I don't even want to fact check that. <laughs> I'm going to fact check it right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, because that's so ridiculous. There's, there's no way. There's no way. Okay. Uh, Texans talk. What do, what do we think Houston's going to do this year, Charles? Because they're like, what are they? Eight and a half wins. So that's borderline playoff team. Uh, I I think it's going to be like a lot of the same. Honestly, uh, the the, the Titans they're they're a better team than them now, but that division still sucks. The Jags suck. The Colts without Andrew Luck are just an abomination. So like with Andrew Luck, you don't you don't have to put that qualifier. I mean, with Andrew Luck, you have a chance to win like any game at least. But if you're throwing Scott Tolzien out there, there's there's no hope at all. So if if Andrew Luck starts the season on the PUP list and you know they're zero and six to start the season and they just kind of tank the rest of the way, I think eight and five, eight eight wins, uh, seven to nine wins for that Houston team in that division, it's doable. And, and like like last year, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like knocking in on the door for a wild card spot. And then be last in like mad uh, offensive categories for DVOA. Like they were awful in pass and run uh, offensive DVOA last year, but they still made the playoffs because they played such a bad division. And I think that could be the case this year because they're really only competing with one other team. I think Tennessee's good, dude. I think Tennessee's going to win this division. So do I. I think they're the clear cut best team, but. When you have Jacksonville and Indianapolis in there, like it wouldn't surprise me to see like the Texans still kind of messing around in there in December in the playoff hunt. So uh, the the Texans won mm-hmm. one game by one game by uh, multiple by scores. multiple scores, right? Um, they lost five. Like this team probably should have been a six win team last year. I don't know how the hell they got that streak to make the playoffs. Like, uh, they, I, Blake Bortles played them out. Yeah, that's true. But so here here are the teams who won. One one or fewer games by multiple scores last year. It's them, the Detroit Lions, who set the NFL record for fourth quarter comebacks, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the San Francisco 49ers, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Cleveland Browns. Are you still in on the Jaguars? Not a great group. No, I'm not in on the Jaguars. Uh, well, well, we'll see what Hennig looks like. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Deshaun looks not good so far this preseason, correct? He was He's not probably good the week. worst out of the first round picks. He was good week one and struggled last week. He still had a nice yeah. little Russian touchdown, though. So, I don't know. Are we sure that Bill O'Brien's a good coach? No. No? No. What, no what would sure give you that impression? Right? What, okay. what, would, what would give you that impression that he's a good coach? Well, I mean, I don't really hear him called out as a bad coach. That's what – so he's in a weird spot because he's, he's getting up there in age, honestly, for like – or in tenure relative to what he's done on the field. Right. Like, he's, and he I should be on the advantage of a – He's taken advantage of a pretty shit awful division, and not done anything with it, other than give Brock Osweiler a lot of money. And apparently, he came back. He came back out uh, this week and doubled down. and was like Tom Savage, who hasn't thrown an NFL touchdown, is still our starting quarterback. Yeah, I don't get it. Even if Deshaun, he like he he did struggle last week last week, but 
you have nothing to gain by starting Tom Savage for the season because you know he's not going to be the guy moving forward. So, like, I don't even get why you mess around and play that game. What's the point? Okay, so I just noticed this right now. Jacksonville plus 105 for under six and a half game wins. Oh, I'm in on that. 100%. I actually, I bet that, I wonder if they're over, their uh, over under total has moved since the uh, recent announcement of Chad Henney starting the third preseason. I, I took this uh, like two nights ago or something like that. So I don't think that, that was post, that was post this news. Interesting. All right. So it's staying at six and a half. That's disgusting. They should not be getting spotted fucking seven wins. No. Dude, if it, no. See, I, six is a good number, I think. But six and a half is... Even then, dude, yeah. I have... No. Like, if it's they're five, rolling into this season with their quarterbacks is Blake Bortles, Chad Henney, and Brandon Allen. And they Listen. have no offensive line, and they can't... Hey, the that's what I was going to say. Is like Everybody's always hot on the Jags like in the offseason coming into the season, but... The surrounding talent on this team is not as good as stated by a lot of people. They're not that good. See, I was interested in the Jags before because it seemed like they were going to make a, a, a like a severe switch at quarterback. So I was like tentatively in, and then when they picked Fournette at four, I was off completely. And we saw last week against the Bucks, they can't block anybody for the run. Their no. quarterbacks are just abysmal. So even if you get Leonard Fournette back uh, for the season and – Let's say he starts all 16 games and plays all 16 games. That's still not going to be a good running attack because you don't have to respect the pass. They can't block anybody. Bortles or whatever, or Henny is going to be a disaster. And the, like on paper, I, I get why people are excited about the defense, but they still can't rush the passer. So you have nope. you have no pass rush. You have no offensive line. You have no quarterback. Like I think your your cap is four wins. Jacksonville's going to start two and four this year because they. So this is their first six games. They're going to go a very brutal two and four. They're at Houston versus Tennessee versus Baltimore at the Jets at the Steelers at, yeah. coming back to back to back road games at Steelers uh, against the Los Angeles and against the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, they could go one and five in that stretch. Yeah, dude, well, and like Hank and I went through their schedule when we were still doing the Jags pod. There's only like two winnable like. Games that you would feel maybe okay about them winning. The Jets and the Jets, the Rams. I would say the, the Rams, Bengals, maybe. They play Browns. Only because and the Rams times. only because they're getting them that at home. Um I'm pretty sure they're playing the 49ers on Christmas Eve in San Francisco. That oh, will God, be a loss for them. They will lose to San Francisco on Christmas Eve. Dude, they have so they have back to back back-to-back road games to end the season against the San Francisco 49ers on New Year's Eve and the Tennessee Titans on on uh, or on New Year's Eve, the San Francisco 49ers on uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, dude, this team's going like 2-14. and 14. <laughs> Ooh. They're going, yeah. two, they're going like 2-14. and 14. I can, So, yeah, as, as an L.A. sports fan, are you going to watch a they lot of ran the entire, They ran the or? entire squad back from last year, and they were the worst team in the league last year. That was in Cleveland. <laughs> They brought the whole squad back, just minus Gus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I remember telling you that they're like, they're they're trying to figure out scientific proof if like it literally was Gus Bradley. Like it's like a control variable at this point. Spoiler: It wasn't just Gus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as a Jaguars fan and an LA sports fan, like, are you gonna watch Sam Darnold this year? Or are you gonna watch Josh Rosen? Um. 
Hmm. Interesting question. I already know Rosen's bad, so I guess Darn. <laughs> I've seen plenty. I've seen two years of Rosen. Like I had uh, season tickets to UCLA his freshman year, and he was all right, not that impressive. And then last year, the wheels kind of fell off. Hundley was the better UCLA quarterback. I agree with what we've seen so far. He's your um, third round compensatory pick, Brett Hundley. Dude, the Jags should have traded for him a long time ago. They're not smart enough to do that, though. Or, to, no, like, or courageous enough to even try. Which which is what kills me because you have, like, Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin, you know, puffing their chest with all this tough guy talk, and then they do nothing like quarterback, and now they have the Jags out here doing up-downs <laughs> at practice. That's such a good point, dude. <laughs> well, no, we, we talked about this with... They're a JV-ass, face-ass team, man. Making well, their dude, players do up-downs, and they won't even bring in somebody for a quarterback competition. Well, like, Chuck and I were talking about this, this I think, week one, where it's like they have the audacity to not give Leonard Fournette the first carry of that preseason game, but are trotting out Blake Bortles for the start. And like, no <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, like, that, that shit's ridiculous. They're like, Leonard Fournette needs to earn it, but Blake Bortles is safe because he's been there and he's a veteran. You know, the, I can't remember the last time that, like, there was an – usually, like, when there's a quarterback controversy, it – you know, it is kind of building up before camp even starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. At, at the end of at the end of last year, I've never heard of a situation where a guy like goes into a year with the added bonus of being protected the year after, like because they picked up that fifth year option, and then a quarterback competition just magically appearing halfway through camp. <laughs> that team is. I so can't remember that now. ever happening. They just like, yeah, just randomly, week three of the preseason, like, this is when you should be, like, your starters for the season should be set by now. You're just kind of running through a test run week three, and they're they're, they're trying to figure out who the quarterback's going to be after you've already played two preseason games. Oh, let's, my let's God. Go. Too much time spent on the Jacks. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what, what other teams do we need to hit on? Because I think we're uh, at about about 40 minutes here. Um, I do we have any prop bets that I, we want I, to talk about? Um, yeah, I was actually looking before we started the show, good pivot right there on some prop bets for like yardage totals and things of that for individual players on bet online. Um, I just looked at it over real quick and just some ones that stood out to me. I mean, everything that we talked about from Cincinnati earlier, um, Andy Dalton's. Passing yards is the over under is set at forty two hundred and one half yards. Just for some background info, he's gone over forty two hundred yards only twice in his career, and both times it was between like forty two. I think his high is forty two ninety. So forty two hundred is actually like his peak output. Even that crazy, crazy good year that he had when he like broke his hand or whatever late in the season. I don't think he was on pace to pass um, forty two hundred yards. So knowing, like, knowing everything that we just went over um, about how shitty their offensive line is and how, the, I mean, just the attrition that they faced, I actually kind of like that, under two, under 4,200 yards for Andy Dalton. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And he's going to be running for his life every single week. So that that's an easy under. Um, another one... Both of the like both for Dallas. We actually did surprisingly we didn't talk about the NFC East at all for over unders because they're all just bunched around seven and nine anyways. Um, but I really like uh, Dak over forty two hundred passing yards and Dez over nine uh, receiving touchdowns. 
Someone's got to eat while uh, while Zeke is on suspension. You know, someone's got to someone's got to score the touchdowns. It might as well be Dez because I think you know Dak looked good throwing to him last week in the the game against the Colts. So you might as well just keep that train rolling. Yeah, I think he gets his touchdown swag back this year. Okay, here's a good one for you, Chuck, and we'll kind of bundle this together um, with Atlanta's over under of nine and a half. How do you feel about Matt Ryan? Um, over under for passing yards four four thousand six hundred and fifty. Mm, that's tough because I mean I would expect him to get like right around that mark for the season, anyways. Um, what do you throw for last year? He was like oh yeah, he was only, he was a few yards away from five thousand. So I would take the under. I, I I think that one's gonna be real close because they still have pretty much the same offense as last year, besides Kyle Shanahan moving on to San Francisco. Um. I'm going to take just a little bit under because I think maybe they might uh, try to run the ball a little bit more because Steve Sarkeesian does seem he, he does seem like he likes to run the ball a lot so far throughout the first uh, two preseason games. So I got I got Coach of the Year right up on Bovada right now. Um, Bill Belichick is plus 700 to win Coach of the Year, and everyone thinks that this team is going to go on like – I think Unde- that they're going to go undefeated. Like that's like I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But plus seven hundred when Jack Del Rio is plus nine hundred, you got to be kidding me. Oh yeah, um, I I already actually actually already took the Bill Belichick uh, coach. Yeah, <laughs> like this this one kind of seems like their their over underline is twelve and a half games, and I would feel one hundred percent comfortable laying a lot of money on the over. They're going to win at least fourteen. Yeah, and I I just don't know. Just like looking at who they play, you know, all all six of those. I don't care. Yeah, all six of those AFC's games are wins because you have the Jets who are just not a real football team, the Bills who are tanking, the Dolphins who, you know, they're they're Jay trying. To, yeah, Jay Cutler. He's like thirty-seven years old and he's dying. So, I, I don't know where their slip up comes. Maybe, maybe Atlanta snips them. Um, I I don't I don't really see that happening either though. Or maybe the Steelers in December, but like those are really the only tough games they have. KC opening night. Yeah, like that's if, the first game of the season, right? Yeah, that's a that's the first yeah. yeah first game of the season. So like if they come out and stomp on KC, I think you're going to get this hype train uh, for sixteen and zero really rolling because you know, they they don't really have a tough game until uh, so they got the Panthers October first, the Falcons. October 22nd, and then you go a long time without seeing somebody that they really lose to until you get to the Steelers on December 17th. So I think at worst they go 3-13 and or 13-3 and this year. Yeah, absolute worst. And the, the crazy thing about it is, too, is like this is by far the best roster that they've had since the 0-7 team that went undefeated. And, like, if you want to talk about, like, I mean, I know that 0-7 team had Randy Moss, which just – I mean, we'll put almost any roster completely over the top, but like position by position, you can make the argument that this roster is better. Running back is obviously much better. Offensive line is right there with it. Um, that defensive the, line is loaded. The defense, the, this, their defense is very, very, their very DBs good. Are, their DBs are crazy too. The only issue that they really have is like linebacker. But even then, they were rotating guys last year and were dominating. Plus, they have uh, they have uh, what's his name, uh, Hightower in there, and then they just got the kid, the dude from the Jets, right? Yeah, David Harris. Yeah, so like, 
like the, their their need isn't very much of a need at all. I'm looking at uh, regular season interceptions. Blake Bortles is still plus 550, the number one in uh, regular season interceptions, even though it's not sure if he's going to win the starting job. Uh, regular season passing touchdowns is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, then, then Drew, Brees, Drew Brees at plus 600. I feel like Drew Brees is a pretty good bet there. Man, I'm, look, I'm just looking at the Patriots roster right now. It's just... They're stacked. Dude, wide receiver and running back is like the best depth chart in the league. Nobody's even close. And they, I mean, and then top to bottom. To get Dwayne Allen as your number two behind Gronk, that's fire. Like number two tight ends. Oh, man. I mean, Atlanta's got a really good surrounding cast on offense, too, but they don't have this on defense. Oh, here's a good one. Gurley, over 1050 yards. Oh, yeah. I I think if he's out I I think if he stays healthy that he's just to get it on volume. Right. And they have no backup. Yeah. No, they, they don't. There's no way that that passing game could be worse than it was last year. They they've they've put too many resources into like Robert Woods, Sammy Watkins, Andrew Whitworth. They're going to be better by default. Yeah, I if I'm remembering correctly i think he averaged like three yards a carry flat last year like maybe 3.1 so even if like the running game is still bad but it's like three and a half yards per carry he's cracking a thousand yards just on the volume <laughs> yeah and that, that's really all it takes yeah. all right any parting shots before we let you go eric um not particularly uh i I'm actually really interested in this season, I guess. Um, not the Jags at all. I won't watch a single one of their games this year. <laughs> I won't, I'm not going to expose or inflict that on my brand new innocent child. It's too late. You uh, already did it last week, didn't you? I mean, he was in the room, but <laughs> he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Um, if he's smart, if he's smart, he'll be a Raider fan when he grows up, honestly. Like, I wish I would have chosen that path um, as shitty of a franchise they've been in recent years but it's still more fun than the jags even if they're the Dude, there's nothing redeeming about being a jags fan there's no redeeming quality <laughs> or anything about it <laughs> <laughs> they're worse than the browns oh yeah definitely definitely uh all right justice anything you're working on that you want to let the people know about uh, I'm doing stuff for NFL 1000. I think there's going to be a piece up soon. Uh, writing stuff for football guys and setting edge. Just keep posted with that. Uh, we posted like which quarterbacks are like actually outperforming each other in the preseason this past week. I think we'll probably update that this week after these week three games. Um, other than that, not much. Let's just let's get ready. Let's get ready for week one. Yeah, football is. Finally back in the air. So let's conclude episode 39 of Setting the Edge. We'll be back with episode 40 after we get rid of these week three games. I hope all of you have fun this weekend and bet uh, bet your friends that McGregor is going to beat Mayweather so you can make some money off of that because there are definitely people who think McGregor is going to win. And uh, hopefully your pockets are fat and we can talk again on Monday. See you guys later.